Welcome to Landline Podcast. I'm your professional voiceover artist. You're lucky because on today's episode, it's the movie Annex. A married couple looking for a reason to argue in front of people even when they're home alone. That's cute and fucked up. Music by the Pitchfork Revolution out of Bend, Oregon. The best thing you can do to support the show is tell a friend. You're listening to Landline. Happy New Year, Landline listeners. So great to be back with you. Sorry for the delay. We took a one-week hiatus for the holidays, but we are glad to have you listening to us once again. Happy 2018. I think it's appropriate people take the week between Christmas Eve and New Year's Day. To themselves and their families. I completely agree, although both of us worked. <sighs> I, I took a couple meetings. Well, and yes, that was work, but... Well, my New Year's resolution is to get one podcast out every week on Tuesday. See you next Tuesday on Landline Podcast. We're so happy that you've become a listener. I gotta say, Anna... Thank you for being the first podcast of 2018, the Annex, the movie Annex. So excited to have you as a guest. Um, I will reflect on a few of my break experiences via or no. Vis-a-vis. Vis-a-vis the podcast. We're doing a one-take wonder here. No edits, no sound adjustment, no input at halftime, at the end, in the beginning. I'm not going to read anything that I wrote because I couldn't find it on my computer, and I'm suddenly w- wondering whether or not I erased my entire last 10 years of hard drives I've saved onto a big hard drive. Anyways, the point is this. A lot of very positive feedback on Landline Podcast. Positive feedback from Rhode Island. F- positive feedback from Massachusetts. You can stop right there. That's enough. <laughs> positive <laughs> feedback from New Hampshire. Positive feedback from Colorado. Positive feedback from another part of Massachusetts. Shout out Colorado. Positive feedback from Oregon, from Alaska. Australia, you haven't called in. Remember, the landline is 503-894-8084. No, that's wrong. (laughs) Good try, though. Um 894-8480, I believe. Anyways, you've heard it before. Here is the pledge I need all of you landline listeners to take because I know that we're at the top of your list in terms of podcasts, and that means a lot to me. Someone told me that they listen to this podcast when they're cleaning their home, which is, is basically the top of podcasting. That means I am literally in their number one spot as far as I'm concerned. My point of view is if you listen to this podcast, is you li- if you like this podcast, it is your duty to get one other person to try this podcast. I say every episode, tell a friend, share it with your family. That's how Adam Carolla did it, blah, 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 blah. That's no longer like a passive please. That's a you must. You're not allowed to listen to this podcast again until you get someone else to press play, if only so that I can pretend like I'm going to beat Rick Steves sometime soon. So I didn't know I would be part of the open. Like, I know this is a one-take wonder, but this is really intimate, even for a husband and wife situation. Well, that's good. Intimate is good. Intimate is good. Pod, I'm not reading. I'm reading to you from my heart and from my mind. So 
Welcome back, Landline Podcast, first of 2018. It is Tuesday. It is Landline. We are drinking our second bottle of sparkling wine for the evening. That's right. We got sober last night on Christmas, New Year's Eve. We're getting drunk on New Year's Day. Our New Year's resolution is to drink twice as much and gain twice as much weight. I don't know what anyone else is doing out there. More coffee, more gluten, more sweets. And uh, I'm I'm honestly trying to be a worse person in 2018 than I was in 2017. It's getting Ugh. it's getting out of hand now. So um, as you know, for the diehards and for the new listeners, this is the movie annex. We have a lot of different iterations of landline. The movie annex is where a lovely husband and wife, myself and Anna, here in studio, no one on the phone, review a movie that we've gone to, review the theater experience, review the experience in general, the people we went with, the signs in the bathroom, the people at the bar, the beer I snuck in, the snacks, the dinner, everything under the sun. And because we have a nine-month-old baby... and be- He's eight months old. And because... We haven't been to a movie together in at least almost what feels like 10 years. And because we're not going to wait around to go to a theater, and because we think it's an appropriate reflection of our lives and the movie annex of a married couple who just had a child, we're going to review the entire series, Mad Men. Do you recall when we looked at one another and said, let's... Do Mad Men start to finish? No, please tell us about it. I wish I could. Okay. I think it was at Brown House before, like, so that would, for those of you curious, Alex and I lived in a 322-year-old house in Watertown, Massachusetts when he was pursuing his Master's of Business Administration at Babson College um, over the last two years. Go Beavers. Go Beavs. And we endeavored to consume all of the Sopranos and got a season and a half in and we just were like, this this is too fucking heavy. I mean, it's fun to like have a weekend in New Jersey with people, play a little pool in the basement, go to the diner or some Taylor Ham. Go to therapy via... Um, Tony. Vis-a-vis. And, no, but, that would be via. But ultimately... We can. It's too violent, and it was too whatever. We didn't want to do it. It was too too depressing. It wasn't beautiful enough. I don't want to like jump the gun, but eye candy and an escape is something that translates to longevity as far as binge watching over a nine month period goes. Definitely. So I think that it is sort of very meta that we're reviewing a TV series because it goes to show you that you think you're going to be a person who always goes to the theater and can put it in once a month, once every two months. You and I are dedicated to the idea of continuing to go to movie theaters even after television has become the dominant entertainment distribution force in American cinematic art. And there we were watching Mad Men every night um, on Netflix. And yeah, it's uh, here's another meta con- confrontation, conflict, confluence, uh, commentary. Yes, we get that Mad Men ended 10 years ago. Like we were it's not like we didn't just wake it up. It ended in what, 2013? It ended at a time where commercials were still on television 
when people still didn't know what would happen next, when you couldn't binge, when you couldn't uh, fast forward through commercials unless you had a TiVo. No, you could binge. You couldn't binge on at the end. I don't think so. Yeah, we ordered it all through uh, iTunes. Yeah, but you could. They released it on iTunes the day it came out. At the end of the day, I remember that we watched. That's that's funny. This was the second iteration of us watching it. But anyways, it was a different time, and I'm not necessarily saying it was a time before iPhones. It wasn't some sort of incredible time, but it was a time where people all got together to watch the last one. There was a bunch of cultural commentary in uh, common media about it, and and there you go. So we get it. We're late. We're not going to hear. We're not here to tell you what we think the last show means or anything like that. We're here to tell you what the experience was like for us, what it was like to have that crutch every night after our baby went to sleep, that crutch every night before we had a baby. Um, and the idea really of reflecting on this time period where landlines were very common, where um, many of sort of the cultural influences that that made our parents who they are and then made us who we are as a result were born and were commonplace and really especially just given the fact that both of our sets of parents have serious ties to New York City in the 50s, 60s, and 70s. So second that notion, yes. Okay, so there there we go. Here we are off and on, on and off about Mad Men, the show. All right. And start. So what, what do you think of the 50s and 60s and a little <laughs> bit of the 70s? Do you, I mean, we just watched it. And here, here's the thing about Mad Men you like like it or hate it or watch it or not it is the quintessential representation of 1958 to 1971 in american media there might be other places where people do a better job for a moment but it's so comprehensive and it gives you so many angles so many characters costumes time periods that it really is as comprehensive as it gets so did you wish you were there my primary takeaway when you ask that is damn it'd be hard to be a woman then let's get right into that that's clearly like a major topic especially against the juxtaposed against the situation we're having today with sexual harassment sexual assault women in the workplace peggy is such a main character of the story Joan, Peggy, Betty Draper, three three women in different places in that world, but three women representing kind Trudy. of Trudy. So, I mean, tell us about it. Go go at length, please. I'd love to drink some of this Argyle, Oregon sparkling Pinot Noir, delicious, twenty four ninety nine at a Kroger owned supermarket. Okay, to go at length is going to be challenging. I will appreciate some parameters via my producer but to a lot of people Mad Men is about big swinging dicks and like oh men drinking at lunch and all these guys having like huge ideas and the dynamics between Roger Sterling and Cooper has like 
a quasi father son relationship and then of course the enigmatic appealing magnetic Don Draper but the true counterpoint to those very strong characters Pete Ken, Kenny Cosgrove I feel like they're my my family at this point are the women of Mad Men it's a it's an amazing balance in this show and it would have been so easy to have breezed by the feminine trials and tribulations of working in and around Madison Avenue in the 1950s but Weiner or Weiner however he says his name leans into it and I'm so grateful for that there is such a range of female archetypes illustrated through this series and I think it is fair to say that those archetypes exist in in our lives and in our present day too but you have Betty Draper the man she's so complicated but ultimately the housewife the conflicted housewife the ex-model housewife you have Trudy who is Pete's confidant and thrives in her station and then you have Joan who is subversively holding it all together she's the nucleus of the entire show and then you have Peggy who you know some people are like Peggy's my favorite Peggy gets on my nerves but I gotta respect her and the list goes on and on. Okay, so let's drill down on some interesting points from a landline perspective with the women. Are there any realities of that life that's been depicted that you wish were the same or represented today? It's very easy to picture yourself as the New York Times or some liberal publication and imagine all of the sexism and you know bigotry and just the, the you know lack of a open fair floor for people to develop their professional careers blah 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 if i was a white guy yeah I but i'm saying as a same. white woman as someone who would have approached it from a woman is there anything that you would you wish was still the same you know an example would be men opening doors for you or i think or, but like, how badass you look and how you knew that there was a dress code for every occasion and it was understood that if you were going out you would look fancy so you want you love the outfits versus what people wear at work today think about what people are you mad i mean people dress relatively professional where you work or not is that a complete it's less of that and it's more of their, at least in my life at the moment, there is dressing for work and coming home and taking my pants off and putting my pajama pants on. Whereas in the world of Mad Men, there is the occasional dinner at the plaza. There is the occasional seersucker throwback gala on Governor's Island and those things don't exist in my life at all and less in the real world anymore that isn't doesn't feel like a parody 
It's always like, oh, let's get dressed up. Let's go. Let's do 80s night. Let's let's do throwback night. And back then, I think people just took their outfits more seriously. Yeah, it was you couldn't if you were in the professional workplace, you couldn't get away with anything but the best outfits, at least from the advertising perspective. The entire Silicon Valley were going to wear it was it was pre Mark Zuckerberg. It was basically Steve Jobs started wearing turtlenecks, but then it became like the venture capitalists and the programmers got together in a button down shirt, no tie out of the chinos sandals or some sort of vans or some easygoing shoe nobody decided that they would wear fancy clothes anymore and in fact it was a mark of being an inferior if you had a tie and a coat on you were all of a sudden the money person right and in the world of mad mad which is interesting because don came up against that many times throughout the series where he was the the slick ad guy, especially with his initial girlfriend and her beat poet crew, he showed up to their house party and they were all like, who's the suit? Right. I forgot about that. When he was still sort of having an affair with an artist in the village and staking her art projects, everyone rejected him. That was early 60s. That was the beginning of the world I was talking about. So... Outfits. That's the one thing that you wish were different. Anything else? No, that's the one thing I wish I held on to. That's right. So anything else that you wish vis-a-vis male-female relationships or workplace relationships or I guess the sort of button uh, pigeonholed, you know, in a in a in in a pen position of the women? Well, if you really want to dig down into it, what I find interesting is how there was an understanding at least at some point in this show that women knew women's things and they had an expertise um chevalier fragrances pantyhose avon lipsticks all these things um not to say that it is a stereotype that women handle it but yeah women know that world and they should represent it and i felt that in our present day, there is a great equalizing of input. A man could say as much about lipstick as a woman could, and maybe more. And maybe it was that way then, too. But I found that it was interesting that Peggy had all the women's accounts. Right. It was sort of a handout to them because they didn't know what else to do to them. Certainly, she could have never gotten tires or motor oil or whatever it was. Okay, so... Drinking. Let's move to drinking because, you know, we've had a few. Usually we reserve uh, two guys, one cup for when both landline guests drink an entire bottle of wine. But we're deciding to do it on the uh, first 2018 movie annex. So, so much drinking happens in the show. And so much brown, brown, brown liquid. (laughs) So much brown liquor. Although Roger Sterling is all about gin. No, excuse me, vodka. vodka. Yeah, Smirnoff vodka, Gibson's, whatever. And there's the famous scene that if anybody has ever seen Mad Men or read about Mad Men or, you know, seen a, a clip come across their social media about Mad Men as seen, which is they go out to a big lunch with a client where everybody's 
getting paid for and everyone has a huge meal and tons of oysters and tons of drinks. And well, it's a showdown between Don and Roger. Who can drink more? No, it's like Roger is pushing Don around and Don takes. Yeah, you're right. Who can drink more? But Don pushes, pushes, pushes. So Roger and Don have a showdown and they eat oysters and they drink drink for drink and ba 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 and then the elevator's broken and Roger has to walk the stairs but he gets to the top back to the office which is probably 40 blocks or 40 stories up he pukes oysters all over the carpet of the firm and it's kind of emblematic of the entire world of drinking and going to a saucy lunch and eating whatever you could and it was post World War 2 in America and everything was great and excessive and you could do whatever you want and you'd made it if you were white and male and had fought in the war and so what was really interesting to me about that entire world of drinking was how they could somehow accomplish their jobs i don't understand how they were able to get drunk and make and be the best of what they did which was a very high stakes high money world well, I think there may be some parallels between weed smoking now and drinking then, especially in the tech world and with all of the classification between creatives versus managers and all of these studies have been done. But creatives need hours a day of unstructured time to think and create. And while probably not optimally the pinnacle of thinking when you're wasted being drunk and having an afternoon sit on the couch is probably a great time to just let thoughts marinate in your head. So that goes to directly to a landline point of view, which is the most interesting thing about the show from the landline frame is no computers on anyone's desk. The entire 50 million episodes, the entire you know, 35,000 hours we watched the show. Tell us, McKay, how jealous of you were you of the... I was electric, so jealous of me. I was Electric um, t- typewriters. Well, I think jealous is an interesting term. I'm not sure I know how I fit in that world, although that's an interesting topic. I think what is interesting is that when you got to your desk, there wasn't a computer in front of you. And that, for our generation and everyone younger than us and for now because everyone's been brainwashed by technology everyone above us that is so weird what would you do on a blank desk well meredith your secretary would be answering your quote-unquote electronic mail she'd be answering your your mail and you wouldn't have to think about emails no one's emailing alex at sterling cooper draper price dot com they're they're sending a letter sterling cooper draper price care of don draper and meredith is opening it and reading it. yeah but they're using the landline that's fundamentally what they're doing i mean there's there's epic scenes in this show with the switchboard operators with the can you get so-and-so on the phone for me get me so-and-so at goodyear get me so-and-so at gm put them on the line there's even a scene. Like, Just giant Ferris wheels of Rolodexes. The Rolodex has never been so popular in, as in Mad Men time. And it's interesting as well, like 
something we never think about. We have backups upon backups upon backups. Like even if you're not signed up for Simply Safe or one of these ripoff services that supposedly protects all your. I think Simply Safe is like a home security. Yeah, well, Simply Safe for your computer. Uh (laughs) Exactly. What's the one that supposedly protects all your computers and your phones, but actuality is the same company that was the architect of the latest um, credit like I think it's Putin Putinizer yeah the Putinizer and thank you now you bring us to our sponsors landline <laughs> podcast is sponsored by Putinizer that's p-o-o-t-i-n-z-e-r Putinizer.com so um, everything was on the phone and actually it turns out a lot could get done on the phone very quickly, and I don't know whether it was sort of the you know um, embellishment of the drama that was going on. However, so often someone would say something to end the conversation and then hang up. I mean, how often do you hang up on anyone these days? Not saying for better or for worse. It's just an interesting cultural. No, I I heard a landline hang up on me the other day. It wasn't like a someone being curt, but. It was the click of a receiver in the cradle, and I was like, whoa. I hadn't heard it in forever. It struck me. A lot of times, there would never be bye in Landline. I mean, in Mad Men. There was no, like, goodbye. It was, we'll have to see about that when we get when we meet each other in December. Click. You know, it was, it was like, well, I don't think that that's the way we should go with this campaign, Peggy. Click. And, and it's funny. T- in today's world, people would... I mean, they'd immediately tweet about it. Well, people it. would be texting anyway. And people don't say bye on text, so. That's true. You know. So, um, the desk, no computer. What was everyone doing? I mean, no wonder. Look, I'm going to tie it all up now in a nice bow. No wonder they could get so drunk. Because <laughs> they didn't have computers. That's what we do now. Instead of having, like, three brown liquors at work. We're on like NewYorkPost.com or Daily Coast or you know whatever. Speak for yourself. Whatever it is, where well, so well. Well, I mean, you. What do you think it would have been like a a woman with a baby in that world? Well, Joan is one, and Peggy had to give hers away. So, yeah, I mean, we can go deep, deep. I don't know if we should, or more deeper than I already have, but I think we should also kind of touch on what our mental state was and what our nightly ritual was like when did mad men come into our day go for it okay so for the last six months around 6 30 p.m it's homer's bedtime that means he goes in for his bath and it's typically mom giving Homer a bath after his dinner and dad stays downstairs and 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 makes the adult meal and around 7 30 right after Jeopardy I never make it so sad I come downstairs and it's time to eat and especially since we've been in our current house we've been taking our meals on the l-shaped couch in our tv nook the elbow couch the elbow couch and we will pussyfoot around on occasion watch a little what's the family pew guy's name steve harvey we'll watch steve harvey 
pit the white family against the black family in in 2017 Family Feud, which is amazing. Landline loves <laughs> Landline loves Steve Harvey. Steve Harvey is a sponsor of the show. Steve Harvey is a completely underrated contemporary comedian. If anyone wants to know what I wish I w- wore out on New Year's Eve, look at Steve Harvey's outfit. It was amazing. Anyway, and eventually by the time 8 p.m. rolls around, it feels like a suitable hour to turn to one another and say, Should we watch Mad Men? <laughs> it's always coy. And it's like, all right, sure. I could do a Mad Men. I could do Mad Men. And so we do. And it's usually one. The McKays can't do more than one um, in a night. When Phoebe was here recently, she was really pushing us to our our limit of Mad Men consumption. We almost did three in a night. That's my sister and a landline guest on our gift guide, which will be ever present in the holiday season. So don't. She is literally the most fabulous gift giver in the universe. Great gift. Shout out to Phoebe. Great gifts. Anyway, so we would turn it on and there it would be um, another episode to consume, another escape uh, and we would watch and then I would typically go up to bed and then Alex would probably turn on the office. So, I mean, that's, th- that is the binge watching scene that has become But people like people when they binge, we're not typical binge watchers. Actually call in landline. Let us know. People who binge will consume three episodes a night. Like. My coworker talks about watching Survivor and he's like, we watch a Survivor every night. And then I'm like, wow, that's, you know, that's 40 minutes of time. And I know other people that they're like, oh, did you watch Alias Grace or whatever? I I watched it in a day or your mom watched The Crown in a week. And it's just like, whoa, that's that's breakneck. I feel like we really savored Mad Men. Yeah. I loved watching Mad Men. I'm not going to sit here and tell you that I wish things had been differently. I do find it an interesting reality of our existence vis-a-vis previous television existences because the show was on every night. We could never not have it on that night if we wanted it. And so it's just like it's just another example of something we can get when we want it, we can get the internet, we can get the, you know, the sports scores, we can get the show we want, we can get the food we need. Nothing is ever away from us for for very long. There's never any, and no terms are being dictated to us. We Now, the problem is that we're out now of shows. That was the end. I mean, there is some sort of parameters for us. Sorry, that's it. That's all over. I mean, how many things in life today are over ever? There's always going to be a new existence of a product that can be consumable in today's day and age because they can distribute it to you and they'll get it to you any way you can and you'll pay for it. In the, in the world of Mad Men, it's over. But like you mentioned, okay, so you like- mentioned The Office... I was just going to say that The Office is the only other show I've watched start to finish, and I just started watching it from the beginning again after I was finished. I did have, like, the tingle when 
Netflix populates, like, in 16 seconds, this thing is going to start. If it were to have started Mad Men season one, episode one again, I probably would have just gone right into it. Sure. But here's a thought, and perhaps germane to nothing, but the way movies are being adapted at great ne- breakneck speeds from novels, do you do we think, like... What is the future of Mad Men? Could there be a movie? Could there be a Mad Men 2? Where it was like a remake of Mad Men, which was a remake of the 1960s? I think Matthew Weiner, which I believe is how you pronounce his name, is fundamentally a landline person. And he would never, ever... No, I'm talking about like Next Generation. I don't think he'll. I think he owns it all. I think he developed it all. I think he was incredibly particular about the sets, the actors, the add-ins. If you read anything about him, he was a commandant on set about how everything was going to go. He chose people in a very particular way. I think he's got everything locked up in a box. Maybe he dies and his children are in charge of the estate and some lawyer decides that there's an inroad there that allows them to sell it back to whatever studio could reproduce it. But my understanding of the Mad Men universe is that it, it can't be ruined. It can't be touched. It can't be done again. And that, that, that it, and, and, you know, he, it, I, it, we would, if we had a producer, if we had done research, if we knew what we we're talking about, and this came out like, 10 years ago, whenever this ended five years ago, a bunch of people on slate.com were discussing this, in in way greater detail in terms of the de- in terms of the knowledge of the whole world around it but my general feeling about the way he did things is that he said my terms my terms my terms except no one would produce the show and he had to go to A&E because HBO turned it down Amazing. and so, and so ultimately he was had to do commercials and he couldn't swear and there couldn't be nudity and that kind of formulated the way that the show was made. And in a way, it made it better, right? I mean, one of the things that we had the interesting experience of was no commercials. We could just plow through it. And can you imagine having to wait like 30 seconds through, you know, whatever ads would have been on there? Um, but, yeah, I, I think that he has that shit locked down and has no issue with making another episodic version of it. But, you know, who knows? Um, so what do you want to do next about television? Like this is now the world we're in. I'm almost 35. You're almost 29. (laughs) You, we have a child. We can only talk to each other so much. We talk to other people all day. We talk to the, the daycare provider. The kid wakes up. You feed him. He goes back to sleep. We wake up. We feed him. We change his diaper a third time. We get him in the car. We get him on an outfit. We get him in the car. We drive him to the daycare. <laughs> we we go. We do, you know. We don't put him on the car. Don't worry. Yeah, we, put, we tie <laughs> him on the top of the roof rack like a Christmas tree. He has like the, Teen Wolf. He has the best time. You know, we do. You do six hours straight of work. I do three hours and 15 minutes of work. I do eight hours straight. Over six hours. And then we pick him up. We come back. How's the day? Blah, blah, blah. We feed him again. I would love to fall in love with reading. God, thank you. This is where we should go. This is the podcast. We've got 
15 minutes left on the podcast. Let's talk about how TV sucks because it's like such a crutch. TV is so tiring. Food, talking about the food we're going to eat is so tiring. I need I need another thing that in a year I will say is so tiring. And perhaps that's books. There are people out there who are older than us who are so content just reading when they're like, when they're need. People are dodos. <laughs> But it's so true. It's like we 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 will see some of our great friends and the conversation. Oh, do you watch this? Oh, my God. You have to watch this. And like you guys would love this. I'm like, this is the and it's you know what? I I, of course, I mean, shocker to the listeners. I take pride in the fact that I've never seen The Wire, that I've never seen Lost. Yeah, but it's that I've never seen the Sopranos. I right, right, exactly. Well, it turns out now. Sidetrack on your sidetrack. Isn't there a part of? There's a part of me. I'll just speak for myself. There's a part of me where when I'm describing Mad Men to someone, and you can see in their eyes that they don't like it. And they're like, "Oh, cool, yeah, yeah, uh huh, yeah." Well, I already see that in our listeners' eyes. They're idiots. I don't think that they're smart anymore. Like, I'm sorry. I am a waspy, East Coast, Ivy League-educated half-Jew. For me, Mad Men is the pinnacle of visual entertainment. It's got my grandparents. They're living in Coscob, which is where literally the town next over for my grandparents. Like, Betty Draper and Don Draper's kid is my mother in her childhood, although my grandfather fought in World War II versus... Korea you've got all these people going into the city on the train I mean it to me that is the horribleness the like alcoholism the affairs the domestic abuse that you were ultimately born I, out of I want all of that like I I, 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 I don't, don't want, want it. I know of course not I mean I hope everyone is not going to use that against me when I want one when I run and win president of the United States make America terrible again <laughs> that that basically that is something that I think is great in my mind it's literally in my dna i can't get away from it i can't get away from driving well it's like being a a border collie and like watching sheep walk across the screen you're right it's in your dna it's like being an english lab and like being in a swamp it's like being a a saint bernard and watching someone fall into a snowbank it's like being a mangy, like, half-breed and seeing a pile of garbage. <laughs> no, look, honestly, there is something about that world, about Connecticut versus New York and the train and the hats. It's so and inside overcoats. baseball. It's, it's my listeners. It's my identity. It is who I am. And you're interrupting me when I'm talking about how, like, I would love to drive a giant sedan down the Merritt Parkway and have valet parking park it so I could go out to my office building and smoke all morning and drink coffee and apparently make three phone calls and have that be like a, an incredible day, get drunk at work and then like sleep it off and drive home. I mean, somewhere weird inside of me, that is an accomplishment that that world is an accomplishment. And so, um, yeah, it's weird. That's that that never comes back. That'll never be the same. Although there are still people going to train to to work on the train in New York every day, so you know, I don't know, I don't know where we started or where where we're at books. now. Books. Books. So, do you have any books in line or a lot of 
that Alex is sitting in a chair that I picked up when we first moved to Portland. It's stop. So irritating. Anyway, one of the interesting things about this chair is that he looked at it with such disgust when I brought it back to the car. It was one of those situations where Homer was sleeping in the car. We drove past a flea market. It was hour five of scouring Portland, Oregon for furniture to fill our palatial house on the hill overlooking Swan Island. And he looked at it like, how the fuck could you have picked this piece of garbage out of all the pieces of garbage at that place? Season two, episode 14 of Mad Men, Don Draper is sitting in this chair writing in his little diary. Maybe it was season three, but it was when Betty and Don broke up and he was on his own. And I was like, see, it's a time. It's a classic, let alone. I mean, regardless, it does need some WD-40. So where are we, babe? We We're going to start reading. You asked me what books I wanted to read. I think more of the question is, do we read the same book at the same time and the movie Annex becomes the book Annex? <laughs> well, the, 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 are we capable of it? We, we, we used to go to the movies and then we had a baby. We have been watching TV ever since. It's not the baby's fault. It's not our fault. It's just the reality of the situation. It turns out that it's difficult to go to the movies when you have a baby because you don't want to shell out an extra 80 bucks for a babysitter unless you're like going to the blowjob cafe for dinner that night. So I think that the the worry I have is that we are in we are into this routine or you know we're on the cusp of people breaking their routines right now. I'm not going to eat like this. I'm not going to drink like this. I'm going to exercise more. It's up to us to have a New Year's resolution to somehow find an alternative for that great feeling we have when we sit into the elbow couch and fire up the Netflix because it it's, it was very comforting for us. We had a lot of positivity that came out of that. Ah, the kids asleep. We got this incredible representation of another time period with beautiful people. Great writing, great costumes. The drama is always there. It's never going to end. That's a that's a tall tale. I mean, this is this goes right to the heart of what we talked about while I prepared a Dungeness crab and caper fennel garlic red pasta for dinner tonight delicious which is it's hard work to change behavior it's hard work to ha establish different relationships with things that you've felt were I so think ultimately it's all about the couch and the lamps tell us about it we love tv because the elbow couch and the tv are the most thought out living spaces in our home if we could make our reading situation that luxurious and easy to sink into and adjacent to one another I think that's important then perhaps that could be good maybe we should do an experiment let's throw down the gauntlet to all of our podcast listeners hold our feet to the fire no 
consumption of new series together in the rest of January. We already started Flight of the Concords from the beginning. We just watched the pilot. Right now, starting from right now. Well, all in all, Mad Men is an incredible show. Um, it's such great writing, and it is such great acting. All of you are rolling your eyes because either you're never going to watch it or you watched it five years ago. I don't give a shit. There is a world being represented there that is so awful in so many respects. It's the real thing. But the reality is there are a lot of things about it that I think many people probably miss. I think there is a role in life for a secretary or a personal assistant. There was so much professionalism and so much sort of order of operations and belief in politeness or you know communication chain that maybe we could benefit from maybe we shouldn't be able to just email anyone by finding them in the bottom of some web page i don't know um before we end two brief things Number one, to remind you, your job in 2018, in January 2018, is to tell someone about this podcast. We will be releasing a show every Tuesday. We, we will be releasing a show on YouTube. No, we won't. I'm just kidding. <laughs> and uh, I know that the people who listen love it, and I know you need to tell other people about it. So that's your job. Um, number two... I just want to briefly go on a tangent here about a poster I saw in the pizza restaurant. You're a horrible guest, Anna. Why are you looking at me like that? It's like, come on. How many how many other people have invited you on a podcast this week? None. So we were we we finally got rid of our house guests who we love and it was a clean house and it was one of those things it's like, yes, everyone's gone and a a, a friend in town called us and said do you want to go out and meet with the babies for pizza? And you know what? It sounded like a great idea, and we did it. Because ultimately, there's nothing better to do in those situations where you feel like you're finally free of all the socializing than to socialize, like lean into the situation and make it happen. So we went to a place called Pizza Jerk, which actually had exploded in a fire six months ago. And look it up online. If you go online, I don't know if you people do. And and uh, there's a new location, and they've got the pizza there. And Look, Anna thought it was probably B. I thought it was A minus. Doesn't matter. It was just pizza. Any uh, Look, I'm a master of pizza. I will tell you this. Good pizza is hot out of the oven. Any pizza you've ever eaten that comes straight out of any oven is a delicious pizza. That's the key to good pizza. They have the best pizza. They have such good brick oven pizza. Brick oven pizza is good because it just came out of a piping hot oven and because you're eating fresh baked bread with delicious hot sauce and bubbling cheese for the first time. So I went to the restroom after the meal. That's restroom for all of those listeners outside of New England. And there was a poster in the restroom. And it was one of those, like, check out the fun stuff we have going on at this pizza restaurant situations. Trivia, karaoke, whatever. But it was sponsored by Narragansett. And Narragansett, for those of you who don't know, is a PBR-style, cheap, 
lager beer from decidedly from Rhode Island, from Narragansett, Rhode Island. And the logo is. Hi, neighbor. Hi, neighbor or howdy neighbor. I think it's not howdy. Okay, Hi, neighbor. Have a Gansett is what they added onto it. And there's an incredible New Yorker article from 10 years ago now about the rise of Pabst Blue Ribbon. Basically, out of nowhere, Pabst Blue Ribbon just started selling more and more and more beer, and there was no marketing done. They didn't add any. They didn't add any spend to their campaigns. You know, hashtag Madmen. Nothing happened. It just became a hit in hipster locales all around the country, and it grew and grew and grew. And Brooklyn drove it, and Detroit, and all those places. So. And Bend, the Seven Eleven on Galveston is the number one sales point for PBR in the country. I think number three, but yes, you're right. So everywhere, and anywhere there's a Pabst Blue Ribbon subculture. And then out of that grew like, okay, shit, everyone wants cheap canned beer that isn't Budweiser. Let's start manufacturing it again. And so you had Olympia and Hams, and you had... Um, I mean, Rainier, Rainier, but also I'm trying to think of other places, Schaefer or Schlitz or whatever. And Narragansett was part of that second wave, the third wave, ninth wave, whatever you want to call it. But here's the thing I wanted to say. Can we not ship shitty lager beer in a can across the country? Do we need it? Do, do, why is there Narragansett in Portland, Oregon? There are three incredibly well-known brands of shitty beer in Portland, Oregon. Rainier, Hams, Olympia. I'm sure they're owned by Coors or whatever hedge fund bought them from Coors in a spinoff and a leverage buyout. I don't give a shit. The point is when you're going around to different places... The excitement is around the specific products that exist in those unique places. If we're shipping everything everywhere across the country, it's not fun anymore. And beer is the quintessential example of this. And you see this all over the place. We shouldn't have Pliny the Elder and whatever that Delaware brewery dogfish head out west. And we shouldn't have... Lagunitas and Stone IPA out east. There are water, there are wheat, there are hops on both sides of the country. There are educated brewers who learn in Oregon or Colorado or California how to make beer or Europe. And we don't need to be shipping glass full of liquid powered by diesel in an 18-wheel truck across the country for a branding play. Get your Narragansett the fuck out of Portland, Oregon. And that's my piece on Narragansett. You got nothing? That's it? You're you're so mailing it in right now. You didn't give me any in. Like, what do you want me to say? Narragansett. It's shitty beer. People <laughs> love it. <laughs> they I agree with you. It's just not germane to... Mad Men or the movie Annex. I'm sorry. You want to make a note on that? <laughs> no, I'm going to leave it in. All right. How do you want to leave the movie Annex? It's h- going to be hard to read if we're this drunk. <laughs> <laughs> All 
All right, well, that's it. I don't think we really talked about Mad Men at all, but here we were. We did. We got, like, too into the nitty-gritty. Essentially, if anyone wants to call us and ask us our thoughts on, spoiler alert, jaguar-related deaths, then we're happy to discuss them. I mean, it's our fam- it, it is our recently deceased family. 894-8480. 503-894-8480. I also want to, like... Let our listening audience know that we are drinking our troubles away tonight. Our dog Ishii is very sick and struggling. And for all of those of you who have touched her in real life and she has touched you, send out a a loving thought to her. She's not sick. She's injured. I'll just correct you on that because she's severely injured she's severely injured in pain yelping and she's eating though she loves human food still <laughs> she's gonna go down eating human food um okay well i think that's it i mean i i uh i think we successfully got drunk on new year's day and podcasted you're welcome so, if you're interested in more episodes, go to Landline Podcast on iTunes, on Stitcher, on SoundCloud. Call the Landline 503-894. Yeah, call us, you guys. Make that ring. We're spending like forty nine ninety nine on it a month, and no one calls us except, hello? Hello? You answer, you're like, hello? And you're like, hello? I, I answer landline when people pick up, like when people call the, the landline. I say landline when I pick up. Hello? That's all we get. So come on, throw down some some legit calls. We're trying to talk to y'all. Listenership is growing. We will post every Tuesday. See you next Tuesday. Tell a friend. We have a lot of thoughts about um, the show coming up. Look forward to a finance episode with Jeff Sports with Baker and Mike. We've got cocktails with Giles, a bottle of wine with Tim, and Max has been asking to be on three days a week, so we got to get him back in the fold. That was it. Mad Men, Landline. Try it. Try it for a day at work, a desk without a computer, I dare you. I dare myself, for that matter. What would you do? You'd take out a piece of paper... You'd have a scratchy chair. And that's the crab pasta talking. So we'll see you again on Landline. Thank you so much for my beautiful, talented, educated, independent, professional. She knows how to drive. She doesn't wear a hijab guest. Yeah, suck it, Pete. I can drive. Watch Mad Men if you haven't. Start to finish. Such an incredible show. One of the best pieces of art produced by the United States of America. I hope everyone is lining up their absentee ballot for Donald Trump in 2020. Can't wait for him to get reelected. That guy is a total success story. I just want to see someone get assassinated in my lifetime. (laughs) Okay, I'm not going to put that on the internet. Actually, I will. And that's it. We're going to let this one ride. No. Whammies. No edits. All right. Thanks so much, Landline. Talk to you later. Bye.
yelling at you. My working days are through. Festival. You're listening to Landline.